Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. I recorded this episode with Captain Casey Clinkscales on May 3rd. For those that don't know, James Michael Muller with the Irma Fire Department tragically passed away on May 26th during a three-alarm apartment fire in Columbia. Both men were hired together and worked alongside of each other. Firefighter Muller's death impacted the fire service world in such a great manner that showed his love and passion he had for this profession. To rededicate yourself every single day. Like we were saying earlier, if you're not coming in, you're not like finding a way where you're like you can fail one part of the ship, you're not growing and you're not doing anything better. I think it's if you want to be that. Like my friends up in Ohio say, like oath keepers, when you raise your right hand and you took the oath, I don't know if you necessarily do that in the, in the volunteer side, but in, in the career side, it's not a ceremonial high five, right? It's an oath. It's a commitment. It's a living. Have fun. It's the best job in the world, whether you're getting paid to do it or whether you're not. If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. As simple as that. Have fun. Today's guest is Casey Clinkscales. Casey has 16 years of career and volunteer experience. Casey is currently the captain on Engine 171 in Irmo, South Carolina. Casey was taught by a role model of his this quote, Influence who you can, when you can. With that, I present Mr. Casey Clinkscales. Uh, yeah, my name is Casey Clinkscales. Uh, got into the fire service officially, I'll say around the age of 16. Um, my mom was a 911 dispatcher, so she used to take me around to all the different fire stations, different stuff like that, meet the fire chiefs. Uh, and then from there, you know, it was, I was over it from there, just uh, getting fire trucks as toys and Every time I see one go by, it's like, that's the only thing that could catch my attention. So um, I was about a sophomore high school, and you can join, like, your junior firefight program at that time. And soon as, like, my 16th birthday hit where I could join, I had an application filled out, went down to the volunteer, volunteer house and gave it to them. And then well, I guess with about a month, I was I was into it, and I haven't left it since. And <clears throat> uh, so where – um. Where was this? Like what state? Oh, uh, right here in South Carolina, Anderson, oh, South Carolina. Okay, so you you were born and raised in South Carolina. For the most part, uh, I was born in Georgia, stayed there for maybe a year or two after I was born, but then moved, you know, to South Carolina with the rest of the family, different stuff like that. So I have family in both states, so I just pop back and forth between both of them every now and then. Okay, okay. Um, so what would you say the culture is like with um? within your department regarding pride training calls and camaraderie? So I always call it a big melting pot just because we have a mixture of so much stuff. I mean, we have, we have guys that are just wholeheartedly into the job that, I mean, every time you turn around, they're like grinding tools, painting tools, freshening stuff up. I mean, they're first thing in the morning during hose check. I mean, you know, truck checks, you know, they're stretching hose and they're fixing their lines and making sure everything's squared away, ready to go and checking saws. Saws have to be clean. Just, you know, we have some guys that are full of pride, but then we have some that, you know, just we're there for the bare minimum. So we we have a mix, we have a mixture of it all. I mean, everybody has those problems, but I would say probably 80 to 85% of my department is they're all about taking pride. I mean, company patches, I mean, company shirts, just different stuff like that. Anything we can do to, I'm not going to say stick out, but, you know, stick out to mm-hmm. show that to our community or to other people that, hey, we care about what we do and we're, we're here for, you know, reasons other than to get paid and benefits and different stuff like that. Um, very big in the training. My department supports it. Uh, well, I mean, we do have a great administration. I mean, they they do have stuff that, you know, irks us like anywhere else, but for the most part, they support their firemen. So if you say, Hey, I want to go to, you know, Carolina fire days that are coming up. Do you fill mm-hmm. out a piece of paperwork and we got training accounts. Hey, you go and just, you know, just make sure you take something that That's pertains awesome. to your job, you know? So, right. Uh, we're very fortunate on that. Um, some people have to go through a lot just to go down the road to Massey to take a $40 class. You know what I mean? So yep. but for us, I mean, like me and a few others, we're about to go to a uh, company officer boot camp in Pensacola. So, I mean, that tells you how far out we can go. Um, but 
but for the most part, I mean, call-wise, I mean, our guys get after it. We have three stations, two engines, a ladder, a battalion, and all three of those split about 5,500 calls a year. Um, okay. And you said two stations? Three. We have three. 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 Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, even like with our slowest station, they run about almost 1,500 calls a year themselves. So Yeah, that's not yeah. Yes. Yeah. So our guys see their share of work and, and they take pride in, you know, what, what they do for the most part. I mean, they understand we're here for a reason. So they, they get out there the best of their ability. Okay. Uh, I've seen a couple of Irmo videos, um, you know, year end or videos online and it definitely looks like you, you guys definitely catch some work for sure. We do, but I mean, it's hit or miss, man. Some, it, it just depends on what shift you follow. You know, some people have that. It's like, we have some guys that, they just go to entrapments like it's nobody's business and they're, and they're cutting cars, but they're not really catching that many fires. And on the other hand, you got one or two shifts that are just catching fire and, you know, they're not catching pin jobs. But either way, I mean, our guys are catching work. And if we're not catching work, like I said, our department allows us uh, to do a lot of training. We got a couple of tow yards and our first due, we called them up, said, hey, can we get a couple cars? And we're cutting cars on the weekend, you know, when everything's, you know, you kind of have that downtime. Um mm-hmm. Even with us being on a 4896 schedule, we try to do everything our first day, but we just have guys that love it so much. They're picking stuff on, you know, their first day and their second day. They're training on something or working on something. It's just they just love the job. So I mean, right. for me, for me as a boss, man, it's it's I can just look outside my office or I can hear a grinder and different stuff like that. that that's what that's like one of the positives for me. I know that I don't have to sit here and force these guys to do anything. They'll get up. It's like, hey tools look dirty let's go do it trucks nasty they'll clean it i mean it's just it's it's a place it's, it's full of pride okay okay and um you stated irma has three stations uh how many trucks again two engines one ladder and uh a battalion two engines one ladder and a battalion okay so on a on a on a typical box alarm what does that get you everybody uh yeah for the most part of uh, the, the response is very dependent on where we're going. Like for our area, we can get up to like four or five engines, two trucks, you know, two or three chiefs, depending on what side of the world, there might be a rescue attached to it, depending on what it is. And then we go automatic aid. Those guys have pretty set, uh, pretty set stuff where it's uh, two, uh, three engines, uh, one or two ladders, depending on the size of the, you know, building occupancy, you know, two chiefs and a rescue. And obviously they had a working fire engine to it. And right. Yeah, so for the most part, you're getting about four engines, one or two trucks, different stuff like that. That's okay. a big consistent thing. Okay. And um how how big is your department personnel wise? Uh 13 per shift. So 13. three shifts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh what's the what's the uh minimum standard on each apparatus? Uh we don't drop below three. Okay. So m- most of the time you have three on, on, on yep. all pieces and um, how far are your mutual aid companies? So like, if you guys pull up to a job, is it going to be, all right, um, we're, we're going to go through a couple bottles here or are they typically pretty close your your mutual aid companies? So for our immediate area, we're all on top of each other. Okay. Like, like we're like, I say your furthest engine, maybe it's two minutes out. Okay. In certain spots. Um, Certain areas, like there's one engine company that's a mile and a half from my station. The next one's 2.5 miles. So we're all on top of each other for the most part. And there's certain areas that we go to. It might it might take some units a little, a little bit to get to just because it's a lake area, different stuff like that. We, co- we cover Lake Murray. So it's we're not too far out. There's normally somebody on top of you really, really quick. Okay. So would it be safe to say, and I, for all the safety gurus listening out there, of course, when I state this, I mean, safely, is there some sort of competition between companies of, Hey, we're not trying to get beat in. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Most awesome. definitely. Um, awesome. That, that's across the board for all agencies, man. It's, <clears throat> it's good competition. It's, it's healthy. I mean, like we're not blowing red lights trying to run right. each other over different stuff like that but no like once we get on scene like boots hit the ground and guys go to work so that first two second do engine they get their lines on the ground third dude gets their writ set up and ladders you know they come up they're slinging aluminum and they're going in for a search masking up so it's we're not hesitating so and then even once you go and you come out there's still probably another engine or company or two on the ladder on deck waiting to go so it, that, that relief is there and that manpower is there for the most part so it's i can't complain too much okay now you just you just hit a key word, and I'm gonna ask this question. Uh, you use the word on deck. Uh, is it safe to say that 
Maybe you guys use blue card. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, for the most part. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's no issues there because it, it just caught my it caught my ear. I'm like, mm, he said on deck. I'm like, okay, because um, our department they you know we use blue card. Um, I'm just a, I'm I'm a relief driver. My title senior firefighter, so I don't have to like ride the seat to do all that. But um, I do like the terminology. But there's certain things I'm kind of like, eh, about with it. So if I could ask, what, like, how did your department decide, hey, this is where we want it to go? And how did you um, take that news or, you know, take the whole blue card? Um, so it was a little different from where I'm, I'm you, or from where I, I originally came from. I worked right. in Greenville County for a while. So, when I say I can't complain about the stuff that we have going on, when I started there, like we had one man to a truck. So we would show up to a truck fire, five, six guys, you know, we'd right. have more trucks and we have people there half the time. So, uh, so to come down here and like, I just kind of fell into it. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of seen like for the most part, blue cart stuff doesn't bother me. I actually just finished it a few weeks ago. There's some yep. stuff that I, I don't really get into or, you know, different stuff like that, but, and I see where it's applicable, but um, our department and mutual aid de departments, for the most part, they adopted a system which most like you can say is blue card. Uh, they adopted it so they can have some type of standard across the board when it comes to incident command. You know, so, right, right. You know, instead of going across, you know, the river here, this guy's out his you know SUV running around. He is he's involved. You know, then you come this side, then this guy's sitting in the car and like, what are you? You know, what's this guy doing now? Everybody's on the same page, so you know, they put their people in four positions as soon as they can, and they just fill it in from there. No, that's awesome. I mean, because I mean, you know, the uh, interoperability between departments is is definitely a must, especially when you rely on your mutual aid company. So that's pretty nice hearing that. You know, all 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 departments that come into Irmo or whether you guys go out, you guys all have that same terminology. Because I know where I'm at, if uh, we go into a different county and we start doing that, they're like, "What are they talking about?" You know, it's like foreign yeah. language. So that that is nice to hear that you know, all the departments in your area are on board on that. So that's cool. That's cool. Um, you mentioned going down to Pensacola for a class. Uh, I take it. Are you a Kurt Isaacson fan? I'm not going to sit here and say I'm like a, a fan, you know, like I'm going to like scream and pass out when I see him. But no, I think, <laughs> I think him and a lot of the uh, CFT guys, they spread like some good messages and stuff like that. Right. Um, I try to say open-minded guy. So whether I believe in it or not, you know, I, I still look at, you know, different people's, you know, sides uh, mm -hmm. for what they're used to and their experience and different stuff like that. And I put it in the back of my mind because, you know, what we're used to or what I'm used to, there's going to come a time where that's not going to be applicable. So I'm going to like, oh, dude, I remember, you know, Kurt or Brian Brush or somebody like that. I said this, oh, dude, let's go rock and roll, try it. So. Okay. Okay. No, that's fine. I mean, I just, I, I'm, I'm not saying like, you know, you're, a diehard fan, but yeah. I, I love hearing Kurt speak. He's very passionate. He very makes passionate. sense, makes sense on the stuff that, you know, booster, booster tank backup. Um, you know, how many, how many cans, uh, I forgot, I don't want to butcher, but like, you know, he'll explain how many, uh, gallons per second. Yeah, and how I'm, many water cans. Right. 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 I love yes. that message. <laughs> yeah. So, I love that one. Um, no, he's definitely, uh, definitely a chief I'd love to work for. So that, that's, that's awesome. And that's awesome that your department actually no questions asked. Yep. All right. Fill this out. Well, all we ask is when you come back, you know, teach us what you learn. That's yep. fantastic, man. That's awesome. Cause you know, there's a lot of departments out there where guys are having to pay training on their own dime, having to yep. do, you know, take their own time. So that's, that's fantastic to hear. Uh, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving the job? Um, this job, I always say it saved me from a lot. Um, uh, obviously being a hard headed, you know, high schooler, just doing whatever I wanted to do at the time. And sometimes getting in trouble, like once I got in the fire department, it, it kind of put me on a straight and narrow, like, Hey, this is what I need to do. So it's always been like a saving grace to me, but the biggest thing is, is, you know, like we've talked about before, I had a late Lieutenant that, you know, took me on his wing and he always told me, you know, influence who you can, when you can, while you can. Just I was just that 18 year old kid right out of high school, you know, didn't know too much and thought I knew everything, but really didn't. And mm -hmm. it was a humbling experience once you got into the fire service. So like once, you know, he took a chance on me and, you know, brought me up to where I needed to be. And right now I'm like, and now I look at 
the expectations that we have for so many people. It's like, I want to be that guy, you know, like big on mentorship and like trying to teach the younger guys and like trying to leave the fire service better than I got it with, you know, each generation that comes in. And like, you see these guys as are eager to come in and ready to go. And that's what gets me excited. Like, Hey man, I got another go getter. Even if he's not the most fastest person in the world, he's trying to get the job and do that's what I'm all about. You come in the firehouse, you want to get the job. You be the best you can be. I, dude, that's that's what I that's what I go after. I, I challenge those guys, and they challenge me. They keep me on my toes. You know the question. Mm-hmm. You know some people complain about the questions that they ask, but I love it. It makes me think about stuff, and you look right. at how much things have changed over you know over time uh, in the fire service. I'm a huge research nerd too, so like I like you were talking about the gallons per second. You know, like once I learned about booster backup, man, I went back to the firehouse. We were doing time tests and. You know, I, I look at, you know, Brian Brush's, you know, uh, exponential engine company, you know, program that he used to teach. I dissect that. So now when I have a new guy that comes in, it's like, hey, I love engine stuff. Dude, guess what you're about to do? You're about to sit down. You're about to listen to his, uh, his you know, webinar or whatever on the exponential engine. And I want you to take notes. Mm-hmm. And once you get done with your notes, I want you to I want you to put in a column what you do know, what you, you know, what you knew coming in, what you didn't know, and what you want to change up about what you've known so far. So it's just a challenge of, you know, just trying to make the fire service better is what keeps me going and seeing guys that are still coming in that are eager, you know, that want to do it. And then even the guys that have still been it for a while. I mean, I have guys that have been in fire service, you know, seven, 10 years, you know, that's when some people start plateauing out, coming in every morning, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs, like, let's go boys. And, you know, they're right outside, you know, doing all those things. I was talking about stretching lines first thing in the morning or slinging aluminum, you know, just making sure their ladders work, halyards are good. And it's just, the pride aspect of it too that just that just keeps me going motivated people keep me motivated you know uh, yeah no that's that's great because i mean which this will kind of lead me to my next question but uh so do, is that something you do with every new member that comes under your command yeah for the most part like even experienced guys i it's kind of weird like once i got promoted to captain uh about a year and a half ago maybe now um my first probie was a 16 year vet from the FDNY. So wow. I was like, Damn, I don't no, like I no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, you know, yeah, he might, he's done a lot more than I have. And I'm, mm-hmm. a, you know, I'm going to learn from him just as much as he has to learn from me about this right. area, different stuff like that. Dude, we sat down and watched that thing. And dude, even he took like three pages of notes and, you know, different stuff like that. And talked about miles of four because I've been miles four, you know, just different stuff. And, I expose these guys to different people in the fire service because I don't want them to just listen to me all the time. Because eventually you get old listening to this old country voice of mine, you know, just like, you know, Aaron Fields, Brian Brush, Dave McGrail, Kurt Isaacson, you know, Ray McCormick, all these guys that are out there. Um, even some of your guys, you know, like local guys, Jonah Smith and different stuff like that, you know, listen to these guys, look what they have to offer. And that's how you grow. You know, I've always, like, I love my department. You know, I try to stay loyal to it, you know, but sometimes I got to get outside of it. What else is, what are other people yeah. out there doing? So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, what I try to push on those guys, you know, just see what else is out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to say this was his quote, but I heard it from him poorly more. You don't know what you don't know. And you need to get out of your own wheelhouse because not, you know, some people just think, Oh, this is one way we're going to do it. Cause this is how my department do it. But no, you need to, step out of your comfort zone and see what else is out there. Cause there might be a better way or a different option. Definitely. Uh, I love Corley. He comes up with, he comes up with some good stuff and his, his scraps, they definitely keep me going also just the different people that he has on there. You look at the different, what other people are going through and like the ways they, they push you, you know, staying motivated in a job. That's it's good to know there's other people out there. that are like, yeah, kind of going through the same things that you're going through, but yeah, they also give you a different avenues of like staying, you know, staying in the job, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely right. I mean, uh, the, this is why I started this because, um, back two years ago, I was in a, I was in a place in my career where I was like, you know, I don't know if I can do this anymore at, re- regarding my department because I just felt so frustrated, and I found this podcast and I'm like, all right, let me listen to it, and all the stuff they talked about, and the two podcasts that started it off for me was fit to fight fire with the original three trio and Jake Barnes is three, uh, three point firefighter. And all the guests in there talk about the same things. I'm like, damn, okay. I'm not the only one that's dealing with this. So I just found comfort or some sort of, I don't know, solitude in listening to this. And it just, especially three point and Jake, but three point had like 
some, some hits and I'm like, okay, okay. Like I can do this. I'm not going to worry about these naysayers, these negative people, just get them out my, get them out my life and just, just keep going. So I totally get where you're coming from with that. With that being said, are you attending this year's Carolina fire days? I am. Okay. So I will see you there because, (laughs) because when you mentioned you're a big fan of Corley, I'm like, Corley's going to be there. And then you mentioned Aaron Fields. I'm like, I'm taking Aaron Fields' class. So, okay. Okay. So I've seen Phil's name. I, I was already on the computer doing paperwork. <laughs> we got like, I think we got like 11 guys going. So Damn. Like we, yeah, we, we're ready to go. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll be on the lookout to see you down there uh, in November for sure. Shout out to Carolina fire days. Um, I attended my first one last year, man. And I, I was like every year I'm going, I'm going to go every year. It was awesome being around like-minded people. I met so many of these guys I listened to, on these podcasts in real life, they're all super humble. So it was great. It was great. Twisted Fire, Twisted Fire Industries, like that group. And, I, and I've and i had the pleasure of doing training with them and, you know, helping them with different stuff over like the past year or so. But those guys, like what they're doing there is like really, really great. And, you know, and kind of touching back to, you know, staying positive and continuing the job. It's about what Corley's got going on. But like between you and Corley, the things y'all are doing, like, if this stuff probably would have been the fire service 10 years ago when people were getting in those ruts and different stuff like that, dude, we probably still have some of the best firemen on the job. Right. You know, they, they have those avenues to listen to like, Hey, these guys are going through the same thing I'm going through. So they're not, not in that world of like, Hey, I'm alone in this. There's other people. And now we have these avenues to reach out to people and just different stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I absolutely applaud what you guys are doing. No, appreciate it, man. Like I said, it's, it, and it's me talking to you, you, you know, me talking to you and the different guests that I've, I've spoken to so far, it keeps me going like, okay, like this guy's message, this girl's message is, it just, yeah, I don't know. It just, it definitely keeps me, keeps me motivated for sure. Um, What made you decide to promote to captain? Man, uh, it actually took me a while to do it. Uh, a few years ago, I had, I'd done the test just for shits and giggles just right but yeah yeah it, it was it was more of like hey i want to see what this process see what's is like. on it okay you know you know just kind of see what they had to go through before i decided to do it uh then it was it was some years after that before i even thought about it because i just enjoy being a fireman mm-hmm. like doing my fireman thing but i was like you know I, i'll help these guys out with driving because like you know i've been fortunate where i say fortunate but it's really spoiled but i've been on cruise the majority of my crews have been like just straight firemen like no matter what the position was, they were fireman, fireman first, your driver, fireman. Like anytime he got, he's like, Hey, I don't have the pump of hydrant. My man got dressed fast so quickly. And he was like right behind us at a fire. He's like, you thought he teleported, but mm-hmm. you know, I became a driver. It's like, you know, I'm gonna help these guys. And me and my crew, we have always had like a rotation. So working 10 shifts a month, we work like four, three and three, you know, something like that or whatever we had going on. <clears throat> um, and then I promoted to, what used to be our senior firefighter rank, they call it acting captain. Now it's you're basically you're kind of like the main driver, but anytime the captain's off, you just you bump over and ride the seat. Okay. So there, I was like, I kind of had the best of both worlds in my opinion because dude, I got to drive, mm-hmm. know, pumping the rigs, you know, you know, doing my thing. But at the same time, <clears throat> for the most part, I kept my crew intact. So if my officer was off, I just bumped over. The guy in the back bumps up, and we kept our crew together, our crew integrity. So. You know, we knew what we were, you know, we were doing. There was no guessing game of who we had coming in, like the right mm-hmm. seat. I would just bump over. So we knew how each other were. So you just bump over a low-level guy. We just, you know, we mentor that guy like, hey, dude, this is how we operate. You know, we show him different tricks to make him better. And I hate to say come up to our level, but, you know, just kind of get them acclimated to how we operate and different stuff like that. So hanging in that spot, dude, I, I thought I had it made. And eventually you know people retiring and people leaving and different stuff like that you know just a lot of young guys coming up there it's like you know maybe this is my time just just suck it up and go ahead and do it you know still be a fireman you know mm-hmm. try not to forget where i come from and mm-hmm. for the most part i mean it ain't even bad it's just you know you're dealing with the paperwork side of things and the stuff right. that you used to didn't care about but now you got to care about so other than that it's it's still a good spot still a good spot okay now i like hearing the fact that you said you know even though you made captain, you're still a fireman. That, that's that's always good to hear because it's always good to never forget where you came from. So that's um that's awesome you said that. So what are your ultimate goals besides captain? Man, um, 
I always said like <laughs> captain would probably be like my end goal, but that's just I just never thought any further than that because I just enjoy being a fireman. You know, mm-hmm. just didn't want to get behind the desk and different stuff like that. Just want to stay out. I mean, like I admire people like Bill Gustin, you know, like up in age and you know on the trucks for as long as they can be. Different stuff like that. I was like, I'm gonna be that guy, you know. Right. Um. So I I'm I'm good where I am, but I mean later on down the road, eventually, you know, you know, you can't do this job forever. So I say my ultimate goals is either, you know, battalion chief or like a training chief somewhere. And depending on how much longer I stay in after that, I'm somewhere like an operations chief level type thing. But for the most part, it's just staying on the truck as long as I can, being a student of the craft and <laughs> going from there. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, no issues there. Well said for sure. Uh, in your opinion, what are key elements or factors needed to make a good firefighter, regardless of rank? I'd have to say passion is like one of my number ones. Uh, I've always said, if you always want to be, you know, do a good job or something, you got to be passionate about what you do. You know, we just can't come into something like this. Oh, hey, I'm here for another shift for 24 and oh yeah, that'll be all right. Or next crew will get it, different stuff like that. You got to be passionate. You know, you got to be passionate about doing the job, being at the job. You know, when you're at the firehouse, I tell the guys, when you're at the firehouse, be at the firehouse. Like mm-hmm. I know we have other stuff going on and, you know, obviously I give time, you know, guys time to deal with stuff like that. But, you know, when we're here at the firehouse, we're firemen. Let's, let's say, let's do firemen stuff and let's take care of each other and different stuff like that. But you got to have passion for it because that's, that's the only way you're going to invest in it. Um, and then just understanding it's as much as we try to do a lot of stuff to better ourselves. It's not always about I. And like, right. You know, I, that's something that I I struggle with from time to time because I'm like, man, you know, like, hey, man, I'm doing this and I'm getting to this level, and you know, I always remember the people that helped me get there, different stuff like that. But it's 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 imperative that we take more of a a we or a us approach to different stuff like that. So it's it's not always about us. Um, That's really, that's really all I can think of right now. It's just, just passion, just passion for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and this is this question here. Uh, I, I've I've started to ask um, any chief officers or uh, or you know fire company officers. So, do you believe communication amongst the ranks is a must for a department to be successful? God, if so, if, if so, why? I'm not saying this is going to sound like a, a whole fire officer answer, but and now go ahead, go go go. <laughs> go. Communication is it, it's a tricky it's a tricky aspect, and and it's one thing that I've learned over years watching my current fire chief. Uh, a man be open book about most things, but like the things that they have to handle or kind of keep on a hush hush for a certain time, just the diplomatic political side of it, like that's not for all of us to know. But far as communicating, like hey, where the department's going, you know your expectations, you know, department expectations, company expectations, shift expectations from each level, from your chief officers down to your, you know, your middle management, which are, you know, your battalions and your captains. Communication is, is key because if, if we sit here and assume that this is what's happening, you get a lot of divide. And, and that's happened a, a couple of times in my career where, you know, captains and the crews are doing one thing, but the battalion chiefs thought we were doing something else. And mm-hmm. by the time they seen us, oh, you guys like, dude, dude, this has been happening for a while. It's not really us. You know, it's just, it's just communication is key. It, 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 it has to happen. And, and I'm, I'm fortunate, like as much as I get on his nerves and he gets on my nerves, my battalion chief's always at training. He'll even get involved at training. Uh, like, you know, he starts messing with rotation. My guys, I kick them out of the way. Like, my guy's going first, so you can play whatever you want to do with your pipe, <laughs> you know, live your pipe dream or whatever. But I got to make sure my guys are good to go first. But right. and it's just because he misses the, the truck. But it's you, 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 the communication is huge. You, you got to know what each and every person is doing, what they're thinking, and you got to have a clear direction of where you want your department to go. Same thing for your shift, same thing for your crews. You know, unspoken expectations never happen. Right. If if you're not talking, if you're not communicating, you're not laying out plans and different stuff like that, you're just setting yourself up for division and turmoil. And and as much as we try to avoid it, every department does, no matter if you have three or four shifts in your department, you're going to have three or four different departments because if you're not laying out those clear expectations and, you know, all these different companies that you have, if you're not laying out what you want, 
company A is doing something different than company B and B is doing something different than C and the guy that's supposed to be over it's looking like what the hell is going on right now it's just because hey you didn't let expectations you didn't give a clear guideline of how you want things to be so when it's not happening you can't be mad at anybody but yourself so that sounded like a ramble I mean nope. sound like a ramble but you know nope. <laughs> Nope. Felt like I was uh, just another Sunday at church, pal. That's, so, so you good. That's that's why I ask company officers that or chief officers. Um, <clears throat> one more. Uh, do you believe in order to affect change within your department, you need to promote? No. Um, some of the biggest leaders, in my opinion, and, it's, and I'll get some of the guys that I came up under, they either didn't promote the company officer or they just recently promoted the company officer because they're kind of similar to me. Like, hey, you know, we, we want to stay where we're at and do firemen stuff. But we have guys that, like I said, they're passionate about the job. So they go to these trainings and they bring this stuff back, but they're smart enough to do it in a, a collaborative effort that where they get everybody involved and they get that buy-in. And it's not one of those like, hey, I think we should do this type of ordeal. It's, hey, I went to this class. This is something they showed me. I think us as a company or us as a shift or a department should look into this and, you know, just create that buy-in from there. Um, oh, God, I got to thinking, what was the rest of your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, just that, just uh, do you think that in order to affect change within your department that you need to promote? So pretty much like, yeah, yeah, do you yeah, think yeah. you need to hold rank to do any sort of change? No, it, it all start. It starts with your informal leaders because they help build the culture. Yeah, your officers there and they set expectations, but your informal leaders, like your senior man or your senior firefighters and stuff like that, those guys have been around for a little while and they know exactly what the captain or your lieutenant, whoever you're working for, is looking for, and and, and they help build that culture. Your captain just commands and I guess you can just say solidifies it for the most part because you know he gives a go or no go on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But a, a lot of your your, your cultural changes or influence are, are done by people who don't even have rank it's just they've done what they needed to by the time they did get rank you know that stuff's already there because this is stuff that they started before they got to where they were so i you don't in my opinion you don't have to have rank to do it rank just gets you an extra seat at the table that says hey i think we should do this a little bit more and you just have that direct line of communication to your chief or your battalion chief where Everybody else has to go through a chain of command and wait for it to come back down. Like, hey, I have a seat at the table now. That's all it, that's all it is to me when you have rank. Okay. All right. Well said. Well said for sure. The the only the, and I mean, I'm not directing this towards you, but you mentioned the the, the keyword buy-in, man. It just to me, it just seems very hard in this day and age. Not everywhere, but to get others to buy in to being to wanting to be good at the job wanting to go out and stretch lines without hearing a oh my god we just did this like it's to me it's it's very hard or it's just i don't know yeah I, i'm trying to figure how how i want to word this but i wish there was like a, just a, a magic spell where you can go hey we need people to buy in and, and yes they see it because unfortunately in this profession you have people that just don't they don't see that you know what i mean they don't see what the mission is they don't see how important physical fitness is. They don't see how important. Yes, even though it's pulling this hose line off, it's the basics. You got to get good at the basics. Yeah, you have those in, in every organization. And that's something that I had to really take a reality check with, was what I call a reality check with, is, is knowing that there's just people out here that are not into the job for what I consider one or two reasons. Either they had a very bad experience coming up where they mm -hmm. were just under terrible, terrible officers or were terrible crews. And it they just got in that mindset that today is just another day. And that when you try to motivate them, they're like, all right, cool, I'm gonna get on this high for just a brief second, but then we're gonna go back to the BS. Yeah. And then you and then you have the ones that are like, Look, I needed a job. You know, this looked kind of cool. Cool. I heard, yep. you know, I heard, I heard y'all retire in 20, 25 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you work got, 10 days a month. That's right. Y'all got no benefits and them cool T-shirts. Yeah. And those are the people that absolutely drive me insane. And uh, some of them, <laughs> if I could just tell them, like, hey, you know, McDonald's is hiring, you know, Dude, Mon uh, Monday through Friday, you know, interviews are from two to four. You know, if you need a ride, I, <laughs> I got you. Because you know, 
you got to understand you're putting me and other people at risk because you decide not to care about your job and you don't do your job. It's yeah. not just me and the people that work here that are in trouble. It's our constituents. So when we need fast water or we need somebody to mask up fast, get in, do a search, and you ain't done a mask up drill in 16 months, like you're, you're not going to be any good. Yeah. You facts. might get lucky. You might facts. get lucky. Every you might get there. lucky. Those are, the, yeah. those are the people that I have, a, I have a hard time with. And my facial expressions, you know, <laughs> don't, I, I can't control them every now and then. But Dude, uh, I mean, I have to work on it. You hit it on the nail there, man. I I, I talked to um, uh, Chief Bassanelli a while ago about this because I, I mentioned that to him. And he was like, no, there are some departments that are starting to do change. And he mentioned Wichita. He's like, Wichita right now, they're not playing any games. Like, if you don't meet their standard, they have no problem telling you thanks but no thanks. See you later. And I just wish... It seems like nowadays within, depending on the state you live in, if you're under a union or whatever, whatever you want to call it, to me, I feel like if you're not cutting it and and people see you're not cutting it and you give them these individuals chances, we should be able to be like NFL teams and just go, you're cut. I need your playbook. You can leave. But with this day and age of how departments are struggling to hire, it's like, I feel like most of these municipalities are just wanting bodies in the seats, man. They don't care if you give a damn. They just want to, oh, yep, that's another person we could put on the truck, knowing that this person could be a liability to the rest of his, quote-unquote, family members when you're at work. You know what I mean? Like, to me, if you don't care about the job, why even apply? Or if you hate it that bad, leave, quit. No No one's holding your hand. No one's telling you to... Um, stay here you know nobody forced you to sign up for this I applaud Wichita because that that's awesome like I had to I hate to say unfortunately we have learned that that lesson the hard way to where we're halfway to where Wichita is now our uh, our chiefs allowed us to come up with a two to three week academy depending on you know what we got going on mm-hmm. just because we're, we're a small department we can't really put people through these long academies but they give the most passionate people three weeks with our new hires. You PT, you stretch and launch, you know, we got roof props. We're, we have an acquired structure program that's, you know, kind of booming right now. So we get them in real stuff. And our chiefs have told us if they don't cut the mustard, that's his exact, his exact, exact words. Let us know. And we'll tell them have a good day. Thank you. <laughs> I said, I know it's the same thing I said, but yeah. Uh, when he told me that my eyes lit up and, Fortunately, for the most part, I mean, like, we can't really help what our hiring pool is because, like I said, some people are just trying to get jobs or, you know, we complain about the new generation that, you know, they're a little different, you know, they're technology generation. So, you know, they come in not having a lot of life skills, but, you know, if they're willing, they're willing to learn, we'll, we'll teach them. But if you don't, if you don't cut it, I mean, if you give up on yourself or like just different stuff like that during our little academy or whatever, bye. Goodbye. Our, chief, our chief's like, as long as I got, a minimum of three across the board. That's fine. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's fine. So, like I said, like for the most part, our administration is pretty good. Like, like I said, there's stuff that they're not always going to make us happy. There's going to be stuff that we complain about, but that's the nature of the beast. But when it comes to operations, for the most part, they, yeah, like they, to me, they're they're starting to trust us. So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean that's a big that's a big issue. Like if you're not cutting, if you're not cutting the skills to meet, you know, the minimum standard of the job, man, you need to go. Yeah. And yeah, we're even uh, bringing about like, you know, even like driver requalifications and, you know, we're, you know, we're testing our firemen on different stuff and, you know, we're, you know, we're just testing them out on our knowledge and stuff and people who aren't getting it, you know, just, you better start getting it. <laughs> yeah. And especially you better start getting it. Right. Right. Um, so we're, we're kind of moving in a good direction with that. Um, Cause we understand like your hiring pool these days, like it's, it's kind of hard to hire. So we know it's not going to be great. The greatest thing in the world, but if we can get one or two good bodies, we can keep building from there. You know, we'd rather not put our guys or, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Smith in, in danger because we decided to put a body in the seat and this guy can't throw a 24 foot ladder to a window or 28 and get somebody down. So mm-hmm. just different mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and that's at all levels from captain all the way down. You know, if you're not getting it, they're watching this and you're going to have some conversations. So I love the accountability aspect of it. Even if it comes down on me for something, I, I, I love it because that, that's setting us up for success in the future. So 
All right. Awesome. And uh, w- what's your chief's name? Uh, chief Summerfield. You said Summerfield? Summerfield. Sunfeld. Yeah, S-O-N-E-F-E-L-D. Yeah. Chief Chief Sunfeld, uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> what you're doing. I'm I'm serious, because like a lot of departments can 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 do that. I mean, I, I just don't get it. To me, I I just don't see why why keep somebody who's you know, as as we call a fucking shit bag when they're not cutting. But anyways. Yeah, that's what Arthur Ashley says. Uh, he says there's two types of people in the fire service: rock stars and shit bags. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say to those hungry, eager, motivated firefighters surrounded or held back by a non-motivated culture or organization? So, what would you say to somebody that's like struggling, pretty much, um, because you know they, they feel like either the people around them or their department is lazy. Hang on. Um, change is eventually coming. Chiefs don't stay in those positions always. People retire. People are going to quit. They stay at home jobs and different stuff like that. Those people are going to find a way out. Just hang on. The biggest thing you can do, take care of you, find the people that you can lean on, whether it's on a different crew or it's on a different ship. Um, uh, Build with those guys. Because like I said, your informal leaders are the ones that, that influence change. So if you get a, a decent group of you that start doing things a certain way, either they're going to gravitate towards it or they're not. And if they're not, they're probably going to leave. Because if they hate come work already and then you're up doing stuff that keeps them out of that recliner all day long, they'll work. it'll work itself out. It'll mm-hmm. work itself out. But for the biggest thing is, is, is hold on. Remember your why. Like, we fill out applications to be firemen. We want it to be firemen. We want to affect change. We want it to be great at it. But, and this is hard because I deal with it every now and then. Just don't let others or, or let the departments steal your joy. But if this is that bad, and I hate to be like this too because I try to stay loyal, but like if, if, if your career is going that bad, you, you're at the point that where you hate it that much, there's other departments out there that are more progressive and stuff like right. that, that that you would probably love to have you. Right. And I get that some people don't want to start over, but the way laterals and stuff like that going on, there's going to be an opportunity that presents itself. But for the most part, just hang on. Hang on. Hang on. All right. Uh, last question for you. In your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? Expectations. And and what I mean by that is is we always say this new generation is is our future leaders and you know it's it's what's going to bring up the fire service and different stuff like that. But we have these unrealistic expectations that you know when they come out the fire academy they should be good to go. Mm-hmm. Now we know good as well that when we came out of our fire academy our first volunteer class we were in that little concrete building or that little trailer and then the first time we made a hallway it was totally different. Right. We were we were humbled really, really quick. So we we have to remember where we we started and where we came from. And we gotta be that guiding light for them. Now I get it. New, some new generation guys are cocky, different stuff like that, but you know, just like anybody else, all it takes is one or two good fires and or you know, calls and different stuff like that, that it'll humble them really, really quick. Like, hey, I I don't know what I thought about it. Right. Know? So and and with that, we we gotta be realistic with what we teach them. And we have to, as I can tell, guys, you got to find that happy medium. Remember what you were taught. Listen to some of the stuff that they say that they're being taught and find that happy medium because things change over time. And that's one of the biggest things that we forget is things do change. I mean, not everybody is, you know, going in with, a, you know, a fog nozzle with th- on a 30 degree fog now, you know, sweeping that thing with a positive pressure fan behind them anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we were looking at you know, straight stream, smooth boards, you know, vertical ventilation, you know, depending on your apartment, different stuff like that, things change. So you got to, you have to change with it. But I, I think we have to do a better job with our expectations of our newer, our, our newer firemen and, and bringing them up to where we are and then pushing them to be better than we are. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, for at, uh, at least for me and definitely for, it seems like people like you, You know, a lot of people in the fire service want to hold on to ideas because, you know, to them, it's it's mine. No, we're here to share it 
And I definitely want the next person behind me to be better than I was. That's the whole point. You know, I want to teach them my life lessons so they don't make the same mistake or go through what I had to do. So, I mean, that's the whole point of being in the fire service is to better each other. But you have some out there that that don't believe in that. It's all about me. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's those guys have a, 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 I guess, a different end goal than most. And it's kind of funny. It's like as much as we hate ISTA, you know, like one of the first chapters in there talks about the fire service is mentorship, and that is something that we forget as we go through the years because I mean we deal with our our frustrations and different stuff like that. And like you say, like, you know, I get tired of sharing my ideas for nobody to listen. And it gets to the point where we let that hinder us from being those mentors and those, the, those guiding lights, those seniors, those senior guys that these guys so desperately need. Cause I, we're not, I hate to say it, you know, some aren't going to that many fires. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Do, yeah. When they do get a fire, it's like, Oh crap. You know, we just turned this thing into like, you know, a foundation, you know, where a house was. But I mean, if we spent more time building instead of writing people off, I think our fire service would be a whole lot better. And like you said, like quit accepting in people that that just don't cut it. My fire chief always says, it's like, you'll see, the best you'll see if somebody's in their interview. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they're going to be good when they get exactly. To the floor. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're going to be good when they get to the floor. And you gotta you gotta kind of read in between those lines. But as soon as you see it right off the bat, hey, thank you for trying. <laughs> but have a good day. Right. We we ha- we are here to protect Mr. and Mrs. Smith down the road. And if you can't cut it, they have no chance. Yeah. And and life safety is our number one goal, and that's ours and and theirs. So. Yeah, if you if you can't do the job and we're not taking the time to build these people up to do the job, we're doing nothing but setting ourselves up for so much failure. Yeah. And that and to me that also goes for the senior guys and gals that are on the department. If you see a firefighter struggling, instead of making fun of them, go out there, teach them what you can for them to get better at the job. Cause you know, I, I look at this example as throwing ladders, for example. I'm six foot one. So let's say you have a firefighter that's, I don't know, like five foot five, five foot six. They're going to struggle getting that 24 up, but there's different ways that they can do it. And I always go back to anytime I'm, I don't want to say teaching, but anytime like I am um, assisting another fireman or the fireman I have with me in the back on a new skill, I'm like, hey, man, this is how I do it. Do what works for you, though. Yeah, because that's the main thing. If it works for you. I don't care how it looks. As long as you can get it done, get it done. Like, who cares what anybody, oh, look at this guy's form or how he did it. He did it, right? Or she did it. Who cares? Yep. And that's, that's one of those things, too, that goes back to unrealistic expectations. When you're teaching, you got to teach people that exact mindset that you just said. Hey, find something that works for you. Like, hey, you talk about that guy being, you know, five foot five or five foot two. You know, it's something I learned. Years ago, it's called pitching. You know, as you get ready to do your throw, bounce it back on your shoulder one or two rungs so that way you have a little bit more that you can throw unless mm-hmm. in front of you and just simple stuff like that. But if you're sitting here saying, hey, no, you got to do it this way, this way, this way, this way, that's where you start losing people. Yep. That's where you that's where you lose your buy-in because, hey, I'm not getting it your way, but I know there might be another way I can do it, but I'm stuck right here. With, you know, I have to do it this way with this guy and just, and that's where you get your frustrations and that's where you start losing guys right off the bat. So we got to, I'm not going to say baby them, but we got to be more open-minded and realistic in our approaches of how we teaching people. Cause just because it works for us a certain way, it might not work for them another way. Exactly. Exactly. No, couldn't say it any better than that. Um, engine or truck. I'm pretty sure I'm going to, I'm going to know what your answer is on this one. Yeah, you probably won't. I was I was gonna lean more towards the engine. So I'm actually really weird. Uh, I just call myself a multifaceted firefighter because if you put me on the engine and truck uh-huh. or truck, as long as I'm going inside and getting dirty, uh-huh. I don't care what apparatus I'm on. <laughs> okay. I don't I, I don't care. But like I I spent I spent a decent amount of time on the truck and dude, I just love going in searching. You know, and just you know being ahead of the hose line doing different stuff. I just like getting dirty, but. If I can't do that, I put me on the hose line, dude. Just let's go. Let's make that push. So 
I'm, I'm like I said, I'm weird. I don't really have a preference because if you give me one thing, I'm gonna go do it. Like I'm, a, I'm on the engine. I'm obviously an engine boss. So dude, you say we're going to go flow lines, dude. I'm gonna treat it like I'm a kid in the candy shop. We're going to go flow. We're going to go do all this. But if I'm on the truck, hey dude, let's let's go do this. We talk about vertical vent, search, different stuff like that all day long, and you think I'm a truck, dude? I just I just go where I get to do fire and stuff, and I'm really That's, weird. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm I really mean, weird. You're not weird at all because a lot of these guests that that either the episodes I haven't released yet or the ones I've done already, they all have one common thing and it and it and it's and it is they like going to fires. Yep. I mean that that's that's pretty much it. And like you said, fires are down across the nation unless you work in Jobtown, USA. Right. Uh PG County, Maryland. Uh I I don't know wherever else is burning. Cause I can tell you my last structure fire, it's May. Right now this this episode is was recorded on Wednesday, May 3rd. My last structure fire was in January. So, and it really wasn't, I mean, we were like fourth due. So we didn't really get to see much. So yeah, you're right. The fires are down all depending on, you know, what, where you work at. Hey, fourth due can turn into first year really quickly. <laughs> it could, but not where we're located, dude. Like we got to work our way back in to town. Oof. Yeah, we're kind of on like the outskirts. So it's and, and we have a nice hill and we're in a ladder truck. So nice. it's it, it's it's a little hard. It's a little hard. But um I appreciate the conversation. Uh this was this was good. Um yeah, and I am actually looking forward to seeing you and the rest of your you said 11 guys total. Yeah, it's like 10 or 11 of us. Damn. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, uh It'll be it'll be a good time down in in uh, in November down in Charlotte. I'm sure for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they have a crazy lineup, man. Uh, Aaron Fields, Corley Moore. I don't want to butcher anymore. Uh, Chris Ke- Chris Kessinger. Uh, I want to say Dustin Martinez, but I don't know if that's accurate. I don't have the lineup with me. But either way, it's going to be a good time. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, oh, but I appreciate having you on. Um. And this was definitely this was definitely a good conversation. So appreciate you, Casey. And I appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks. It's been a good one. Yes, sir. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.